Okay, here we are. This is Chris Kenner. I am here with Homer Leewag to answer some of your Saturday night contest questions. Uh, first off, I want to mention that uh, Homer and I kind of joke around a lot in real life, so if this just gets off on some weird tangents, I'm apologizing straight off the bat here. Uh, so here's Homer. Say hi to Homer. Hi, Homer. Are we recording? Yeah, yes, Homer. That's what the little thing is. It looks like on the screen. Shows we're recording. Oh, okay. Hi, this is Homer. What's up? <laughs> okay, Homer, I'm going to start off with a really like sort of uh, simple question. Uh, does coin magic require, require, with a W, not require, because it's totally two different things. Um, does coin magic require more work than card magic in your opinion? Um, I believe so. Coin magic is like, you know, traditionally coin magic is like pure manipulation unless you're doing like a date uh, prediction or something. You are literally doing pure sleight of hand. You're palming, you're concealing, you're hiding, you're working with angles and it's pure dexterity, uh, whereas card magic can rely completely on subtlety, um, stuff that's more uh, hidden slights, and cards are more comfortable in your hands or lighter, and it's probably more natural in your hands, but uh, coin magic, to do magic in the coin, you're literally palming, you're gripping, you're, you're always hiding. dirty, you're always dirty. Exactly. Almost. If you're dirty with that card, if you, have pre if you have four aces hidden on the bottom of the deck, you can just set it down and walk away, and you know, there's no skill involved with that, but you have a coin in your hand, that's your whole body is a tell. If you can palm perfectly, but your hand, your arms in an awkward position, then that's why coin magic is so difficult. Yeah, but a lot of these new modern slights, the, a lot of these guys are doing it, especially and the young Dave guys. And, uh, all these there, there, there are a lot of skill Andre. required, like yeah, Andre. They have a lot of skill required. Like that is definitely magic. extremely skilled and yeah. very difficult, but that's kind of new. Yeah, I actually totally know. Now, I love this question. Um, what is one piece of advice for making any coin routine more natural? Um, and wait, before he answers, I think that this can go, his answer is a good answer because we kind of talked about this question. His answer would work with almost any trick. It's not just coin magic. So coin magic is uh, its own little animal, but I love coin yeah, magic. Yeah, I agree. Magic in general and, uh, and coin magic being, again, just more difficult and requiring a lot of skill, it, it should really fit you. If you're doing a trick that's, Let's say you're doing a trick and you're trying to do it like somebody else. It's, it's not going to be natural because your natural timing that you've grown up with as a child, as your, as your whole life, the way you talk, the way you gesture, and the way you uh, just move your body and talk to people, that your magic should be like that. You shouldn't be trying to be theatrical and be someone else or uh, should be what you are, the way you talk, the way your hands move. And if you do your magic that way and your coin magic that way, it, should click and be more natural. Well, that's it's like when I was young, a lot of people were doing Slidini stuff. And what would happen would be you'd see a guy do magic and then he would turn into, could turn into a, uh, all of a sudden he would turn into an a, you know, a 80 year old Italian person with his arms slouched over doing a coin trick and then talking like this guy. So he wasn't being himself in any way, shape or form. Um, let's see, let's ask another question. I actually, this is kind of funny. This comes from Chase Goforth, who is, I think one of my, he's one of my favorite people. I love this guy. and He is super, super funny. And um, here's his question. He's got a couple of them. Oh, no. If coin one uses four coins, coin two uses three coins, how many coins will coin seven use? That's pretty obvious, Chris. Yeah, actually, I think that's an obvious answer, too. All right, next one. Okay. David Copperfield performs almost twice a day all year, every day of the year. Um, that means a lot of human bodies are stuffed inside of props. Which illusion smells the worst? Well, first of all, we know bodies are stuffed inside props. They 
they vanish. That's true. Yeah, they, so that's they turn into question hair. Doesn't mean uh-huh. any, question doesn't mean anything. Talking about and uh, we, you know, we put a stick up in every prop just in case. Yeah. Actually, I just love this just because of one of the words he uses here. Um, Unity, a lot of the conceptual design for Mushiki, amazing attraction. So all the different things that you know, David's Island, David Copperfield's Island. Uh, please, 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 ah, wow, poma, please, please reveal some of the cool happenings in the secret monkey town. I just love that he called it secret monkey town. It's really what the uh, the secret village. And he wants to franchise the secret monkey town uh, also because he thinks it would work in this. Great. Paul Blart can, uh, <laughs> Paul Blart can, can guard Secret Monkey Town from hours of 9 to 7. Uh, yeah, the Secret Monkey Town is pretty cool because um, one of the cool things that happens is you come across a gigantic 10-foot uh, Secret Monkey statue. And after reciting some kind of uh, incantation, the giant monkey rises into the air on four posts, revealing a secret underground spiral staircase like that looks like it's been there for a uh, hundred and two hundred years what's the story <laughs> something like that it's actually a pretty yeah and you go down and you come back up like land of the lost you come out in the middle of um, amazing monkey jungle so and homer designed and drew it all um okay which do you prefer coins with rough edges or smooth edges i personally i have very dry hands and very thick leathery skin as you might know <clears throat> uh i prefer my coins razor sharp the coins I, the last coin set I had made by Jamie Schoolcraft, I actually had the edges razor sharp, and it's the only way I can classic palm a coin. I can palm coins other ways, and that's why most, I hardly any of my magic using classic palms, I can barely do it. So I had to make them razor sharp, but the coins, I, I wouldn't recommend it because the coins don't look natural and real in, in person. They, they're very sharp edge, and no coin in existence is that sharp edge, so... That's because yeah, we're the opposite. I like soft edges. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you have skill, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's see here. Let's find some other good questions. What's a good book or uh, resource? Uh, what, what's a good book to start with? Well, there, you can't deny, you know, J.B. Bobo's Modern Coin Magic. I mean, it's a big, thick book with not as many illustrations as modern times. But if you dig deep in there, there are so many, the roots to so much inspiration and coin magic. Uh, my, I, I learned a lot of great coin magic from Paul Harris because a lot of Paul Harris' coin magic <clears throat> from his early books from the 70s and 80s were not that difficult. They had basic slights that you can use. The slights you learn from Bobo's you could use for, in Paul Harris tricks, but they still had great effect. You know, uh, uh, not silk and silver. Uh, the, he had so many great coin magic that was easy to learn so you can get into coin magic without having anything knuckle-busting to start out with. And then that's sort of your introduction. And then there's always David Roth's Coin Magic and Richard Kaufman's Coin Magic books. And and I, I hadn't read books in 15 years. So yeah, I'm sure there's so much. One of us really yeah, now it's more about video and seeing the Coin Magic. So as far as books, that's where I started from. Perfect. Um, there was a question. I can't find it. There was a question about... Gimmicks. What was that question? Uh, the what was, a, what was the question? Oh, if you pref- if you the mix of gimmicks oh, and non gimmicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the mix, it was it was a question. I can't find it, but it's a really good a good question about mixing gimmicks with non gimmicks. And Homer and I talked about this, and I really love his response because it's it's really true. I think. Yeah. Um. I I think you you use whatever work whatever gets the best effect. If you think using a gimmick 
gets a greater effect that you're trying to achieve, use it. If you find a sleight of hand version uh, that does the same effect, probably even better because you don't need a gimmick. But in my own experience, I've always been fooled by coin magic that didn't use gimmicks. I was fooled by great sleight of hand and great timing. And I have never been fooled by a gimmicked trick. Uh, I've always spotted the gimmick. I always see a flipper being used. I always see people handling a shell. Sometimes just when they take the coins out of their pockets, they take out, when you take out four coins and a shell out of your pocket, you won't take it out the same way as you do four normal coins. And I see that. I see that little tell every time. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, I, it's like what I say about palming cards. I, I've watched people do tricks where they palm cards my whole life, and I always spot the card being palmed. I mean, I don't think ever I've gone, oh, he doesn't, he did that. How did he do that? Oh my God, he palmed the card? Really? I just, it's so tough to get away with. Really hard. So I feel every time I've been fooled by Chris's coin tricks, they've all, they've never been gimmicks. They've always been real sleight of hand. I've been fooled many times by that. And whenever it's a gimmick, oh, it must be a gimmick, but it's cool. But I'm always fooled by non-gimmick coin routines. Here's here's a question. I think this is Peter. Sarkov, I think. Um, how uh, how are new ideas born in your head? What's your creative process? You know, what do, what do you do to develop a new, new piece of magic? Uh, that's a tough question because I really haven't tried to create any magic in twenty. Well, years, you know, I'll so. ask this. I'll ask the same question another way because it, I think the answer is exactly the same. When you're working on uh, a project for uh, for for David, video te- video editing, or you're, work, you're working on making something look the best, you're drawing it, designing a prop. You've got to have to have a creative process for that. Well, a lot of it is first, like, I have to get it in my head first. I, I can't draw anything until I visualize it in my head. So sometimes I'll close my eyes and just spend a half an hour drawing it in my head or creating the, what the trick should look like in my head and visualizing it. And then I'll put it on paper. Because then what, putting on paper is the actual process of flushing it out. By actually putting it on paper, it's not just a dream. It actually has to become kind of reality when you draw it. Because then you have to draw the scale, and you have to show it to somebody, you have to communicate it to somebody. So if it's a legitimate thought in your head, and it has to be practical, you have to put it down on paper, or build a mock-up, or demonstrate it. It can't just stay in your head. But it all starts in the head. Hmm. Um, it's a good question too. How important is uh, you know the relationship of your hand size to the coin size in magic? You know, if you smaller hands, you smaller coins, and vice versa. Um, I remember like uh, big coins look good. Generally, with big hands, but it's not always the case. Dave Williamson uses silver eagles, uh, which are bigger than silver dollars, and they look great because he has big hands. But I've seen people with big hands use silver dollars, and it doesn't look natural because it actually because uh, they have thin fingers. It yeah. looks weird. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, and I've seen also Dave Williamson do magic with quarters, and it still look good because he's very natural with his objects, and he understands how to hold a quarter as opposed to a, a silver dollar. So, you know, it's not that important. It's being, you know, it's like uh, you, you hold it the way you should. If it's a big coin, you hold, you treat it like a big coin. If it's a small coin, you treat it like a small coin. Um, do you maintain a good balance between coin, card, and other magic in your performance? What is the best way to transition from a coin routine to a card effect? Uh, I think variety is cool. You know, I mean, you probably could do 45 minutes of straight coin magic if you're creative enough could do 45 minutes of of a single card trick if you were entertaining and funny and creative um but i think keeping 
you know, unless you're doing a one-man coin show, I think you kind of you keep it interesting, you keep it theatrical. And I don't believe that everything should have to lead into everything. You don't need to take the four coins and break one in half and a deck of cards shoots out, and then you go into a card trick and then the cards turn into a piece of rope. I, I don't think it has to be Well that you border it's very tough to borderline on cheesy. I like Matt King, all his magic links together and lines together, but they're they're it's it's it makes sense. It's uh well, he's done the 25, yeah, 30 it, years. It's really very distinct breaks between tricks, and you know when sections are over, but it flows really nicely. Yeah, and then, I mean, I've seen guys that would, would go in now for a coin trick, you know. Right, that's right. Their, that fits their personality, which goes with the whole natural natural thing. It's like a theater. You have it you break down in, uh, in, in uh, play, it plays, not sections. When you're done with the card tricks, put the cards away in the case, take your applause, and say, let's try something with something else. It's not a big deal. You know? Whatever, it's fine. Change it up. It doesn't have to be the same way. A lot of people kind of ask the question about coin one being a good beginner's trick. Is it a good beginner's trick? Um, <clears throat> coin trick. A good starting, like way to start it at coin magic. It's, there are stuff to be learned from coin one, but I think as a beginner, you would lo- you you should learn more uh, basic coin magic, like some of Chris's, even some of Chris's stuff that uses pure sleight of hand because you want to learn how to classic palm. You want to learn how to finger palm. You want to learn shuttle passes. Yeah, like a lot only, of moves. Only one coin shuttle cross. In, 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 yeah, ASPA, SPCA. Yeah, right. NAACP. You know, coin one, on purpose, I can't classic palm at all. I have a horrible coin classic palm. So I developed coin one because I wanted to avoid palming. So coin one is not good for learning slights and learning, but it's... What you can learn from coin one as a beginner is timing and focusing and pausing, pausing between moments, uh, a little bit of finesse, timing, angles. That's what you can learn from coin one, but I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't recommend it as a beginner trick. So if you're a beginner and you've had purchased coin one or, or thinking of looking into purchasing coin one, uh, look at it as, at it as, as learning finesse and timing. But you want to learn your basics from uh, the standard Fair and even some of the other coin magic that you could see in Theory Eleven. Fair, standard fair, exactly. I love that. Um, let me think. Oh, you know that people. A couple of questions are about uh, card magic, um, and a lot of people, you know, look at you as a coin magician. And ironically, I look at you as a as an all around person. But you know, your card magic is amazing. Like you, the, your work on the past is incredible. And a few people, I think, actually know that on the forums and have mentioned it. But yeah, I, you know, I play with cards a lot and. I think my problem was when I started out with magic, I saw some card magic that I loved and I just copied it. You know, when I when I had performed at Illusions, I I would think that most of my magic was original except for my card magic. You know, that the, if I did three tricks at a uh, three card tricks at a table, they were all Williamson's card tricks. I loved David Williamson, great magician, and I did card to pocket, torn restore transpo, and the four card trick. Not all three at every table, but because I loved the feeling I got when I saw him do that. So I like doing those tricks for people because I love their reactions. And it kind of handicapped me because I didn't spend a lot of time developing my own card tricks. I mean, I probably came up with two and a half card tricks my entire life. And so I spend more time working on tricks with weird objects. I have a trick with chapstick, pencils, uh, Carmex lip balm things, uh, Sharpies. I, I love objects. So I kind of focus myself on that. Well, I'll say something here about Homer that makes him, I think, unique is 
Homer definitely gets what fits him, and that I think is important. Like when he talks about chapstick, and I mean he's got like twenty different gags he does with a room key, just because he's yeah. You're always doing stuff with the room. Come up with nineteen of them tonight. <laughs> but you're always doing different different things and different moves and different ideas and funny bits with, with like the room the stuff you always have on you. And whenever I see an interesting trick that uses an ordinary object, I go, "This is totally a Homer thing," because he loves to play with tricks with you know, regular regular little things sitting around on a desk, which is something I wish I did more of. But that's where Homer gets it. It fits him, and that's what natural to him is. Is those kind of objects. So, if you've never seen Homer live, you know his work on work with Coin Magic is amazing. So, you just, hopefully, you guys get to see him live someday. If you ever, ever, we ever come through your town, just holler at us, and I'll try to if I, if I can keep Homer from holler, holler, yeah, holler at us. But, but, but people, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow, almost uh, slipped there. Said the uh, homie word. <laughs> oh gosh. Don't write letters. Write letters to JB. JB at theory11.com. Um, well, I think that just kind of about wraps it up. Any final thoughts there, Homer? Um, well, well, let's end it. Oh, we did that question. Okay, never mind. Which um, question? Uh, this one. Oh, we did that. Oh, yeah, we did that question. I don't know. I think, uh, first of all, unbelievable questions, guys. Thank you very much. I mean, they're making me think now. I'm going to have to, you know, mull over this over some uh, Chinese food. So I'm curious what coin three is going to be. I don't have a coin three. <laughs> you know, what's card one or, or, or bubblegum one coming? Bubblegum one, I don't know. I, we have rice one. Room room key one. Room key one. Room key one. Room key one. All right, everybody. This is Chris Kenner with Homer Leewag, and uh, we will see you soon. Thanks. Bye.